Hey, everybody out there. My name is Michael Rosso in the studio with Mr. John Fidelli. Hey, everybody. And welcome to the first fresh, fresh. <laughs> the first edition of the Vinyl Record Podcast. Yeah. Which, I don't know, doesn't, doesn't really have a name yet. It's could the Vinyl call, Record Podcast. We, call it the, we could call it the Inner Groove. No. I'm no? Sure you don't like that? I'm sure there's a podcast with that name already. Okay. Welcome to the Vinyl Record Podcast. Vinyl just, re- Record. Record. Vinyl Record. Record. Yeah. We just call it like it is. Yeah. And uh, this is episode number one. We don't know how many episodes are going to be, you know, in this series because you know it all depends on you guys that are listening. Mm. Like if you, well, I should say this is a spinoff of the film photography podcast. Yes, the FPP, the, the long-running FPP, now in its sixth year. Uh, we're not going to tell you anything about us this episode. Mm. Really, you know, we'll tell you about us later. We're just going to continue our interest in all things analog. Yes. All things analog. Uh, John Fideli brought in uh, many uh, records today that he's going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for support and to try to uh, motivate and inspire folks listening to, it. well, if you're a middle-aged man or woman, to, <laughs> to go Young into... kids do this, too. I know. Go into your garage. I, because all of my friends that are my age, mm. they're all like, Yeah, I, I have my turntable. Yeah, yeah I have my records. Okay, let's get them out. Exactly. Are you using them? My friend Tom did it. Yeah, you, re- you pulled them out. I pulled them out. And then younger people are fascinated by the medium of uh, vinyl, and they are purchasing turntables and, yep. you know, m- many people already have the tuner. Yep. Yeah, know. but <clears throat> a lot of the new tuners don't have phono amps in them, so you have to buy a separate amp. That's what I had to do. Oh, because you have to ground it. Yeah. It's a ground. Yeah. Yeah. So... Oh, we're going to, you know, talk about all sorts of stuff, analog, vinyl, and hopefully someday soon we'll have uh, some experts in bringing in people. Yeah. And of course, if anyone anyone out there knows anything about processing plants, plants, Mm. the places where you're all into the plants of like the little etch codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The matrix. Uh, (laughs) In the matrix. Uh, Right now you can reach us anytime at our FPP email address, which is podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Just, you know, in the thing there, put like records. R-E-K-E-R-D-S. Yeah. <laughs> it's been well over a year now. I have to t- uh, confess to everyone listening that I am embarrassed how mm-hmm. I dropped my, my records and embraced the, you know, the CD. Yeah. We went nuts for CD, John as well. Oh, yeah, ridiculous. Nuts. Remember, well, it was, it was just convenient. We moved into small apartments. Running into running over to the CD den. Oh, my God. Running out with like 10 CDs at once. Yeah. Just going insane. I'm completely disinterested in CDs now, mm. and I have very little interest in uh, MP3 media, mm. except for, I mean, I'm not like a crazy person. Like, I, you know, I like it for yeah. the car. Yes. When I buy a new album and it has a download code in mm-hmm. it, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Do you record your records into your computer? No. The records that I've been purchasing, most of it is uh, uh, American jazz, like mm. mid-1950s to early 1960s. And I really just enjoy uh, spending time at home at night right. listening to those records. Well, see, that's the thing about the listening experience with a record and the listening experience with a CD I mean, when we grew up, it was an event. You'd go and buy a record, and then yes. you would take this huge platter, black platter, throw it on the record player, and then 
digest with your eyes every part of the folder. You'd have listening party. A listening parties, yeah. You do what you need to do to get in the mood to listen to a record. Right. Then you listen to a record, you read the lyrics, you pour over the artwork. Right. You know, and it's big, it's in your hand, it's as big as life, it's easy to uh, to look at and, you know, fun to th- listen to the music and go, Oh, wow, you know, where was this photo taken? Yeah, this music really suits the photo. The lyrics are really trippy. You know, it was a whole experience. It's a listening experience. It's not something you dig casually. You know, now you throw in a CD, you write checks, you know, you eat dinner, you talk. You know, it's background music, but the thing I like about LPs is it's... And active, you're actively participating in doing something. Yes. You're not just, you know, in, in one ear and out the other. So. And when you, uh, John has uh, young children, when you are at home playing your platters. They're fascinated. Do you have, does everyone sit quietly and listen or is everyone like crazy running around? Uh, no, they like to dance. Oh, they like so, to dance. Yeah, I'll put on some Talking Heads or some Adrian Ballou or some crazy King Crimson, 80s King Crimson. They love to go crazy to that stuff. But then they like to mellow out too. My, you know, when the, <clears throat> for school, my kids have to read fifteen minutes a night. So I'll put on some Cat Stevens. Oh, very nice. Or a nice Jim Croce record I just got. You yep. know, greatest hits. You know, they love that. That's great. So set in the mood with LPs. Well, very nice. Yeah. So tell us about your pile. John brought in a pile of records. Well, you're the one who started this. You got me back into LPs. I, I did. How did I yes, do that? Yes, you did. Because you were into LPs, and I'm like, Dag, burn it! I'm getting into LPs. Uh, so I started going crazy. Well, I started collecting, um, looking for music that wasn't available on digital, mm. uh, like the kind of uh, obscure stuff, like Scott Walker. Mm-hmm. Some of those early, L- some of his LPs were never authorized. Scott One and Two. Those are on digital. Those are on CDs. But his in between his Scott One Two Three Four, then there's another album. But after those albums, he recorded a lot of LPs of other people's compositions. Oh, really? And they were never issued on CD. So I just started, you know... Interesting. Because uh, you wanted to hear them. Yeah, so you I... got I, into vinyl. So I went to the eBay, and I bought them. Were and, they dear? Um, th- things have been going up in price. Maybe For four sure. or five years ago, they were a little bit cheaper. Now yeah. things are going up yeah. since everyone's catching the, the, the wave. Mm-hmm. And I started out with a little Crossley. Which many people be like, they're junkie. You know what? They get the job done. They're though. fine. They're fine. For a, a st- for starter, junkie. Starter. Yes. I think they're okay. You can also jack them into your uh, hi-fi. No. It has a uh, you know there's a yeah. phono but there's a there's a phono out or a speaker out. No, there's an RCA left uh, and right audio out, out on the back of most of them. So you could plug it into your receiver and yeah, boom. It sounds okay. It has its problems, I will admit. Um, uh, I've taken a different path than John regarding a professional turntable. I revisited in the 1980s and purchased used gear from uh, our good friend in the Pompton Lakes. Yeah. Uh, Flipside. Flipside Records. Fl- Flipside Records. Been there since when? Dan. Dan. Uh, I've been there since the 80s. 80s. And he took it over from somebody else. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Place is a real uh, museum. Yes. It is. Records. It, but he's got stereo speakers and receivers and turntables. That's where I get place. And they come in all the time, and they're very reasonable. And he checks them out. He's got a little workbench there. Oh, nice. You know, you'll find that different retailers like have strengths and weaknesses. You know, so most record stores sell newer things. Yeah, he like, has his new a uh, lot, but his new shelf, but 
not he doesn't carry as many new things as let's say mm. the music merchant in Westwood, which you have not visited. No, or, or Scotty's. Scotty. Scotty's in Scotty. Plains, is it? Uh, Summit. They're in Summit. Scotty's in Summit. So I bought a vintage, and you bought you you opted for brand new. What yeah, is the thing I called? A Reaper. There. Reaper. Yeah. A Riga RP one. And it's ching. Yeah, it was entry level high end five hundred. So that was a big birthday present last See, year from my wife. Entry level, nineteen eighties, fifty buck. Yeah, plus needle. Yeah. Well, so. there's an upgrade for the turntable I bought for another two hundred with a carbon fiber oh. needle. You could get crazy with all this stuff. Yeah, I like the way it sounds just fine. What's wrong with a nineteen vintage nineteen eighties like Techniques? I don't know. Did you Probably ever have? Nothing. Did you ever have one? Uh, yeah, I used to have them. I used oh. to have a Radio Shack suitcase. Oh, get Black it plastic one that you could carry around with you. Did you? Yeah. Battery powered? You bring it upstairs, you bring it downstairs. No, you had to plug it in. Oh. But it, it would close like a suitcase. It had a handle. Did you bring it to like, you know, beer parties and keg parties? Uh, no, this was when I was much younger. Okay. They hadn't even invented the juice box. <laughs> did you have children's records when you were a child? Yes. You did? Disney records. Uh, read-along records. We had Looney Tune records. Okay. The most rock and roll we were allowed to get was the Cow Sills. Okay. That was it. They have a, a small but fond place in my heart, the Cow Sills. And who, who broke your parents regarding bringing in, like, new music? Your sister? Kate. She brought my in, like, Bowie Kate. and all this She brought crazy. in Bowie, the Sex Pistols, uh, Mott the Hoople, the Ramones. Did she when used to everybody fight with mom? Like, oh, my God. This? Yeah. What is this? And father would constantly yelling at her to turn it down. Turn that down. Turn it down. Plus Cheech and Chong record. Who had those? Your brother? My sister. Your sister. She was the older one, yeah. My brother would get Kansas, Rush, you know, all the prog stuff, Bad Company, all the guy stuff. You know, my sister was into, you know, the sex symbols. and Before that, it was the Carpenters, though. Okay, that's and acceptable. Then something changed. It went from, like, Carpenters, Hurricane Smith, I remember she had that, then Elton John, then all of a sudden Bowie hit, and it was over. And uh, that brings me to the first record. Very good. What do you got? Bowie-related album Ooh. that my sister had that I loved, and I completely forgot about it. It's Mick Ronson's Play Don't Worry. I don't know who did the art direction. It's a gatefold album, which is real nice. It's got all the lyrics in it on Main Man Records. Just to show you the sheer joy when I saw this, uh, mostly we buy records at a record show in Wayne, New Jersey here. And uh, I might suggest that if you're looking to start your collection and do it cheaply, record shows are the way to go. eBay can get quite expensive, and then you have to tag four bucks on for shipping. And you don't know what you're getting. Yeah, I've had to return albums. I'm sure you've had to. You know, because I'm kind of, I'm into getting really nice records. No scratches, no, you know, no scuffs. No no dings. No no fried chicken fingerprints. No, no, none of that stuff. So when I saw this, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about this record. And that's what, you know, digging through crates can do. All of a sudden you find something that you remembered from your childhood and you're like, oh my God. Your sister had that? Yes. Because Mick Ronson was, you know, of course, in the Spiders from Mars and Bowie era... uh, you know, what was that, how many, 73, 72? How many albums does he have? His his fa- most famous one is Slaughter on 10th Avenue. Okay. Uh, but he has three or four others. And this one, I only have it, I should have Slaughter on 10th Avenue. I don't, I haven't come across it. But the reason I have this one is because I remember my sister listening to this. And I remember coming home from school and, hearing. and putting it on myself. Oh. Because I liked it so much. Now, does Bowie have his hand in the pie on that one? No, but you know what? Mick Ronson can sometimes sound a lot like Bowie. Oh. 
You know, he has a little bit of a nasally He's on main man, RCA. Reference. So clearly yes. there's a, you know, So hey. Bowie helped him out. Hey, Bowie, can you help me out, please? Did you know he does a version of uh, White Light, White Heat, the Lou Reed song yes. on here, which is great. But you know the song Girl Can't Help It? No. The girl can't help it. The girl can't help it. It's kind of like a 50s song. A lot of people do it cover. Yeah. You know who wrote it? No. Bobby Troop. Get out. Yes. So there's a cover of Bobby Troop's song on here, The Girl Can't For Help All it. You Emergency Fans Out There. <laughs> and he was married to Julie London. Julie London, who's another one of our affections. Married to Julie London after Julie London was married to Oh, I don't know. Jack Webb. No way. Way. Wow. Yep. All right, next up is this beautiful, oh, beautiful copy of the soundtrack to the 1960s film The Umbrellas of Schomburg. And it's Catherine Deneuve's first movie, and it is quite a distinctive movie in that it is one of the only movies that I know of where every bit of dialogue is sung. Everything. Even when the postman delivers a letter, he's like, Bonjour, bonjour, here is your mail, ma'am. Thank you. Everything is sung. You've seen the, whole the film. Movie. I've seen, it's one of my favorite films okay. ever. Looks the, like it's very well lit. It, it is very well lit. The, the uh, costume design for the movie is, is, and set design is crazy. Sometimes the, the dresses that the girls are wearing match the wallpaper. The carpeting kind of matches, you know, umbrellas. It's very crazy. But this is a beautiful gatefold. It's a mono with a booklet inside. A mono recording. It's got a nice connoisseur collection from Philips here, a nice little medallion. And inside there is a, uh, a booklet that has some of the songs that are on here. Of course, they couldn't put the whole movie on here uh, because. It's too much singing. Too much singing. The whole movie is singing. So there are specific scenes that help tell the story, and there, the dialogue is is uh, told in English and French, or written in English and French. Very nice. What is the title again? The Umbrellas of Schomburg. Very good. And a great, great movie, if you ever get the chance to see it. By the way, you mentioned record shows, and record shows, like uh, I noticed this one in Maryland. I think every state has one. You just have to look it up on the internets. Just like look up record show, and you'll be amazed. Like They're usually at hotels. Mm Mm-hmm. There's lots around here. The one here in Wayne, New Jersey at the fire station. No, there's one in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, we see uh, there's a, uh, an app for your phone if you have an iPhone. I don't know if it's on Android, but it's called The Vinyl District. Oh. And that gives you record, show- it gives you record shows in England and U- Europe. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's pretty tied into the whole LP scene. Next is uh, another goodie, uh, Venus and Mars by the Wings. Nice. And the reason I like this album, this is another really, I found this for five bucks. Really great shape. The gatefold cover is in awesome shape. Nice, big, weird picture of Wings inside where it looks like they're walking on Mars, I guess. It was taken out in the desert. But the, the good thing about this, certainly not all the music, just some clunkers. <laughs> Rock Show's good song. Magneto and Titanium Man is on here. Listen to what the man said. Spirits of ancient Egypt. You don't know that one? No. Uh, well, like, what kind of junk do you get in it? You get two posters. Wow. And these are posters oh, are smoke. pristine. That's a really nice poster. It is. It's a cool poster, but that's not all. There's another poster of the band and their hijinks. I was going to say, uh, clearly that one was not photographed by uh, Linda Eastman in Wings know. and Photographer. I don't know. Because uh, she's in the shot. Set up the shot, and somebody else pulled Whoa. the trigger. Amazing. So that's that. So you get not one poster, two posters, Plus and two, two, hickeys. two stickers. One, like, 
rectangular one and one circular one. And that's Paul McCartney. I think the album that came out after this was uh, the live album, okay. Wings Across America. And that came with a cool poster. Yeah. He it was, was like a drawing of them on stage. They gave away a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, Paul McCartney was like really good with the, with the uh, giveaways. giveaway stuff. He wanted to give back after breaking up the Beatles. <laughs> the other thing that I have here is uh, one of my favorite bands from the 80s, The Jam. The Jam. And I found this record, Sound Effects. Their records Ooh. are hard to find first print, and they're usually pre- pretty expensive. This one I had to pay 20 bucks Ooh. for. Uh. But the thing about The Jam is their inside covers are always pretty good. Record covers on the inside usually have the lyrics on it, some nice thematic shots. That's uh, Sound Effects. Mm-hmm. I like the cover. It looks like a... You even said when I was picking it up, you're like, you're buying a sound effects record? It looks like a sound effects record. That's the whole idea. Yeah. And this is from uh, Setting Suns, which is a really good album. Okay. I think it was their last album before they broke up. I may be wrong, but but it comes with a nice inner sleeve with the lyrics. Oh, look at that. It's got a nice... A little bulldog, a little bulldog on there. bulldog on it. Sitting on the Thames River. And then... This one, where they're all frumpy, all the mod cons. And again, another lyric sheet. It's got a schematic in case you want, yep. you know, your scooter, you want to fix well, your you scooter. Well, you know, the, the mods, Quadrafina, the mods. Oh, yeah. Who are the other guys? Quadrafina. Yeah, the mods and the rockers. Yeah. So this album is uh, about mods. Okay, great. It's mods who are not mods. Oh, this has a rip in it. <gasps> Gosh darn I didn't it. I noticed that. But uh, the Jams records are pretty collectible, and they're hard to come by. Like I said, usually. Who's the, who's the main Jam guy? Paul Weller. Okay. And this is, you're talking early 80s? Oh, yeah, early 80s. Late 70s, 78, 79. Let's see, Mod Cons was 79. I think In the City was 78. So okay. late 80s, around the same time as Joy Division. Right. All that stuff. Who Those guys, their records are highly collectible and pretty expensive. Next one is a band I tried to get Mike into. That's me, I'm Mike. <laughs> a band called Nectar. I just recently got turned on to these guys. I had no idea they even existed. Really into Prague. I love Tall. I love Yes. I love Genesis. Gentle Giant. All these bands. And this band I just recently got turned on to. Nectar. And their stuff is really good. It's not Genesis level stuff, but they're really good musicians. The songs are great. They, they flow. This was their famous album. Whoa. The most popular album, I should say. Remember the Future. 19, what, 74, 75? These bands are big on the gatefold, eh? Yeah. Well, Nectar's first, I don't have their first record or their second record, but okay. all the other records that came before and after this are all gatefolds. A Tab in the Ocean, an- see the cover? another really good album, and that came out after Remember the Future. And apparently, if for anybody who lives in New Jersey, Mo, bass player, lives in Chester. I think he owns a plumbing company. He's no longer with the band. They still tour, dragging their asses around Europe and America. This was kind of a concept album. Remember the Future is a concept album. It's about a kid who, uh, I think he's a paralyzed kid, who befriends an alien hummingbird or bluebird. And then the album after that, Down to Earth, was more of a carnival theme. Right. Again, Gatefold. Really good songs. Great song. Then after that was Recycled. Whoa. Really psychedelic. They started to pare down their sound, you know, trying to get some radio play. But really great art design here. Here's the whole cover. Oh, look at that. Really great art design, Gatefold. I mean, they were on Passport Records, and they gave them carte blanche to do whatever they wanted. And then this record is the one I found at the oh, record shop. Never boasts a very young Brooke Shields. From what I understand, it's Brooke Shields. May I see the cover? Sure. That's a painting, but the picture... Certainly looks like Brooke Shields. Yeah, look at the picture. So what about... what? So in those albums of Nectar, where mm. does this fit? Early? This is, this is late. Oh, late. This is, uh, they made one more record after this with the classic lineup. 
Okay. In 80. And that was it. That was it. Done. Yeah. And they were done. Done. Another pretty cool record that I didn't know. I had this record. Oh, yeah. Schmilson in the night, but I had the uh, Best Buy series. Super Saver. Had like a sticker. Actually, not a sticker. It was actually imprinted. Yes. Said, here, let me take it out of here. It says the Super Saver series. Super Scary Saver series. Yeah, it was a cheapo reissue. Right. So this is a gatefold. I didn't know this was a gatefold. This is not the Super Saver. No, this is a, the deluxe original first press. Oh. And on the back, they oh have little cartoons God. about all the songs. Anybody familiar with this album will tell you that it's an album of old standards that Harry Nelson did with a Was with that back orchestra. the same on the Best Buy? No, not at all. And it's a gatefold. Oh, look at that. On the lyric, or, or on the... Uh, LP cover, inner cover, inner sleeve, whatever you call it. There's writing on it. One says, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one says, please investigate Buckminster Fuller's instant slum clearance project for Harlem. Contact Design Science Institute, 3700 Massachusetts Ave, Northwest Washington, D.C., 2006. But you don't know if that sleeve actually came with that album. This came with this album. This is... If you've enjoyed this album, please buy Derek Taylor's new book as time goes by. Okay, yeah, Derek Taylor. Okay. Derek Taylor... Did, wrote, he wrote the liner notes for this? Uh, I, I don't know what he did. He was a publicist for the Nilsson? We're talking about I Harry Nilsson, of course. Harry Nilsson. American yes. songwriter, awesome guy. Singer-songwriter, yeah. a documentary out. Famous drunk. Yes, there's a documentary out that's fa- fantastic. But I thought it was interesting because I've never seen any commercials written on the LP sleeves before. Derek Taylor is looking to get, uh, I guess, his pet project some... yes. Uh, some extra and funds from the documentary that. I watched. The record company wasn't too excited about this album. It's really great, but he—you're talking mid 1970s. This yes. was long before artists now. Right. Are, artists now are you know very famous for everybody's doing, doing it. Rod Stewart, yeah, Chris Boti. The, the gatefold is awesome, and it shows you all the players who played in the orchestra, which I think is a very nice thing to do. So you, the cheapo one, you'd be giving that to me? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, if you want it. Yeah, those were the reissues. They were in the cheap bin of Bradley's and other... The Super Saver series are generally like third or fourth pressings where they say, let's just throw these out. We'll put them in very limited packaging. Cheapo. Uh, Cheap sleeves. Put them in two guys' department store. Uh, I have another one of uh, Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It's not a gatefold. Both records are shoved into a single sleeve. And they sold them, you know, off price. Right. So I don't even know what LPs were. Say they were $10.99 new. These would sell for... You know, eight ninety nine, seven ninety nine. No, let's go back. In the early nineteen eighties, LPs were f- about uh, four forty nine a piece. What? In 1980, 1980 God, 81. That's ridiculous. By nineteen eighty two, eighty three, they went up a dollar. They're like twenty eight dollars now. So in the seventies, I'm guessing they were three ninety eight or two ninety eight. God. Well, most of the stickers are yeah, the three four dollar. If anybody out there has you know re- you know reminiscing about either yourself or your father or your grandfather of what LPs cost when you bought them new at Two Guys <laughs> or, or Corvettes. Corvettes. I bought albums from Corvettes. These are uh, East Coast U.S. Harmony Hut. That's where I shopped. Sam Goodies. Uh, and of course, there was Record Town on the second floor of the Willowbrook Mall, <clears throat> right next to the, wor- the organ dealer. Yeah. Not human organs. You know, like a <laughs> Wurlitzer place. What do you call yeah. that? Uh, Hammond uh, Organ. Hammond Organ. Yeah. Hammond Organ. And then downstairs was a Sam Goodies. Ham- Harmony Hut, I thought it was. In Willowbrook? There could have been three. That probably were. Yeah. It was big business back Big then. business. Yeah, there was uh, a Sam Goodies in, um, off of Hamburg Turnpike in Wayne. What was that mall? 
Remember that mall? Uh, yes, it's still there. The mall is still there. Meyer Brothers was there. Uh, right now, there's a Stearns in there. It was a Stearns in there. Right. And the Burlington Coat Factory's in there. Yes. That's, that's the called mall. the Preakness Mall. Is it the Preakness Mall? Yes. It's in Wayne, New Jersey, the Preakness Mall. And the Sam Goody was open until just a few years ago. Was it really? Yes. Wow. So that's, you used to go there as a kid, like take your bicycle there. I remember, or something? No, no. My parents would take us there. Drop you they, off. Yeah, they would go do whatever they wanted to do, and we would just go into Sam Goody's. I distinctively remember like one of my uh, musical moments there, decisive musical moments, was I was standing there. It was 1980. <laughs> Duke had come out by Genesis, yes. and I was kind of a Genesis fan. I didn't really know too much about the band, and Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath, and I only had enough money to buy one of them. Mm-hmm. My friend Chucky DeBruin was like, buy Heaven and Hell, get Heaven and Hell, get Sabbath. I'm like, I don't know, man. I- I'm really digging the-, the way this Genesis record looks, and I bought that record. Really? It changed my life, musically speaking, because then I really got into Genesis. You know, wow. Dealt into all their stuff, and then they became a crappy band, unfortunately. If you folks have a story, first of all, if you folks are actually still listening, <laughs> that means maybe you'd like us to continue doing this, we need to hear from you, and uh, just send an email to our FPP address, which is podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Humana, humana. Let us know your experiences with vinyl records. Are you thinking about getting into it? Have you been buying? Mm. Do, did you know that, oh, yeah, back in the 60s, you could buy Frank Sinatra for three ninety eight at Corvettes? That's crazy. Or what were the stores in your area where you live? Mm. So just And know. do you still buy them? Do you? Speaking of still buying, I have a new record. Oh, let's see. This is uh, my favorite new record right now, because I'm also, you know, we're buying, we're buying new uh, vinyl as well. Oh, look. Robert Pollard. Robert Pollard. Robert Pollard. This is a, a new artist. No, no, no. He's been around for years. He's the uh, main man behind Guided by Voices. So you're saying this is, but this is a new this album. This is a new album. Just came out. Where did you buy that? Uh, in June. I, uh got this a friend of mine gave it to me actually someone i know is uh uh, works with robert pollard okay very nice and uh he gave me this record which is awesome if you're a guided by voices fan it's so hard to keep up with them funnily enough on the front cover there's a sticker that says first album in over three months that's pretty funny because this guy literally puts out two three records a year does he really two three records a year and and sometimes he's putting out he has put out four and what label is this on it's his only. It's his own record label. Guided by Voices, main man, genius, poet laureate Robert Pollard. Would I like new that? album, Faulty Superheroes. Would you like it? Probably not. Oh, because it's rock and roll. Okay. Yeah, I've been listening to uh, Molly Drake. Let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There's only twelve songs on this album. Some okay. Guided by Voices albums have been known to have twenty or thirty songs on them. Very nice. You know, one to two minute long bits but these are a little bit more thought out they're really good it sounds so great on vinyl and there's a digital download so okay no reason not to get it and my my surprise record was uh when we went in to go see your friend at Flipside. yes i was digging through the five dollar bin and i found this procol harem album called home i never heard of it it's not that popular of an album from their canon but it came right after a salty dog which is a great album and i think it's the last album with robin trower on it and it's really good like every Procol Harum album, I think there's like three or four really awesome songs, a couple of, and a couple of, yeah. and this is uh, typical to that formula. Wow. And Robin Trower wrote two songs on here, I think. Keith Reed was the lyricist for the band, but uh, Gary Booker wrote all of the uh, music, but Robin Trower wrote two of the music for two of the songs here. Okay. And they're good songs. And it got a gatefold? And it's gatefold, yeah. Big, big, 
big gatefold in the 70s, huh? Yeah. That's when they were selling lots of records and they could do all this stuff. Very nice. But it came with the nice color insert. Oh, yes. Advertising their, their records. Uh, years past, they would re- advertise other LPs available on mm. the label. Claudine Langer, oh, Liza Minnelli, that. Burt Bacharach. That's all we have for today. Yeah, just a quick, you know, intro. Well, I actually wasn't that quick. Well. Uh, it's not as quick as we thought it would be. A long in the tooth intro. But if, you know, uh, if you'd like us to continue with this Vinyl Wreck-It podcast, uh, we do need to hear from you to see if anyone cares to hear us talk about vinyl records. And if anybody knows a lot about a certain type of record or... Process. The process. plant. Where the plants are. Any gossip. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. About people falling in the vat of vinyl. Yeah. Maybe we're playing human skin. Yeah. Here. You yeah. just let us know. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. And uh, we're going to go spin some records and go have some Lee Sushi. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll see you next time.